You're listening to the Versus Node podcast, presented by GamerNode.com. Welcome to episode 31 of the Versus Node podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Zotto, an editor-in-chief of GamerNode.com, and I'm here with a couple of poor, poor fellows, thanks to the summer sale, the Steam summer sale. Uh, first, we have senior editor Mike Murphy. How are you doing, Michael? My my bank account, it weeps. Ha <laughs> Oh yes, oh yes. As do all of our bank accounts. Uh, if my wallet had limbs, it'd be in the fetal position right now. Goodness. And joining us for the first time on Versus Node, another friend from across the pond and gamer node writer extraordinaire, Mister Tilo Zoot, <laughs> Mister Alad Morgan. Hey, what up? Uh, my, uh, I have too many games to play at the moment, and not enough money for food. Oh. So, okay. We'll see how that goes. USA public service announcement: Don't be like Alad. Eat food. No, like no Eat it's food fine. You play games. Sustenance is overrated. Oh you man. Can't, you can't live off games. Your character may eat, but it doesn't transfer. I found that much out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so basically we're gonna we're gonna be talking about the Steam summer sale today, uh, because I feel like everyone who I've I've observed on Twitter has fallen victim in some form or another. Uh, I'm actually usually not one to succumb to the pressures of the deals, but this time I I took a good stance on how I was gonna approach purchasing games, and I, I want to see how everyone else really looked at it and see what games we picked up and uh, what we actually got to play. So, I mean, so what did you guys get a lot of games? I got a lo- I got so many games. <laughs> it's probably it's probably the uh, the most games I ever bought new. Most games I ever bought uh, in one period of time ever in my life. This is my first <laughs> Steam summer sale and I've heard about it before. I've heard everybody uh, posting memes about it, talking about it on Facebook and Twitter. And I, I get what everybody's talking about. I get the wallet sadness. Mm. Right. What was it? You didn't have a uh, a, a gaming quality PC before? No, I, I had a, a shitty laptop which could barely even open Steam. It could barely deal with the Steam application opening oh, okay. on the desktop. But now you've seen the light. <laughs> now I've seen the light and I'm, I'm catching up. Okay, so we'll get to the details of your purchases in like just a minute. But uh, Mike, did you uh, did you get a lot or a little or, or how was um, it? I got okay. I got more than I got last year, I believe. Because um, last year, I last year was my first Steam summer sale, and I only I think I only picked up uh, like the Left 4 Dead games, the Half Life games, and like uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight games. But this time, I got um, quite a bit more. There were there was a uh, quite a few high profile games from last year that I didn't pick up and I spotted them on sale for at least 50% or 75% off um, or bundled in packs so I felt like I really had to jump on some of those and then of course there were uh, there were a couple classics that I picked up as well that were for like $5 or less so I felt that I had to pick them up and at least have them in my 
uh, library and maybe eventually at some point in the future get to them. But. Yeah, that's a that's a thing, right, with the Steam sale. You see a game that you kind of want, but you, maybe you don't want to play it right now, but you just want to have it. <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of pick it up. I've actually, I bought games uh, that I already own on disc uh, yeah. just this time and bought them on Steam, had them placed in my library safely for the future. Um, so I kind of picked up more than I ever have before also. Um, but I, I want to hear, I want to go back to Alid, because you have, I think you have the most, you, you bought the most of all of us. So uh, let's hear just a, a quick rundown of your haul, and then uh, maybe you can tell us some highlights. Uh, my gaming loot, let me see. Um, I've got uh, Sonic Generations, 30 Flights of Loving, Dark Souls Prepare to Die Edition, yeah. Knight 2, yes, The Swapper, Terraria, uh, Skyrim Ultimate Edition, DMC, Devil May Cry, uh, Sid Meier's Civilization V, Ace of Spades, Audio Surf, and Mortal Kombat Complete. And out of all of those games, I think I probably already own four or five of them in some form, whether on mm-hmm. disc or through PlayStation Plus or whatever. Right. Right, so what were, what were your best deals, do you think, that you got? Oh, I'm a big fan of those, uh, those bite-sized ones, two or three pounds. Yeah. Uh, you can really justify those to yourself, which is like, eh, I'd spend... I'd spend that on a coffee. Yeah, I'll uh, just, I won't get that coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And yeah. then the, I think probably the most expensive one I went for was uh, Skyrim, £18. Nice. Uh, I already own Skyrim anyway, but I own that on Xbox and obviously PC, mods. Yeah, it made sense. All the DLC. Yeah, oh, all the DLC comes with it? Yeah, the Ultimate Edition. Okay, very cool. Yeah, that's, I sort of uh, fell on the Bethesda train also. Um, I'll give you a, a rundown of my games. I bought the the original Fallout collection, which was uh, Fallout 1, 2, and Tactics, Brotherhood of Steel. I got Fallout 3 Game of the Year Edition, Fallout New Vegas Ultimate, and then I grabbed the uh, Alan Wake Bundle, To the Moon, System Shock 2, Faster Than Light, Fez, and Cthulhu Saves the World in Breath of Death double pack which was 98 cents for two games wow score <laughs> but yeah the uh I, I was really excited about the bethesda stuff and i would have bought skyrim if it uh went lower but obviously it's much it's a much newer game and i already have skyrim on disc so i held off um so mike we didn't we didn't actually hear your complete list what, what's your complete list uh, well, I mainly tried to focus on, uh, as I said, picking up games from last year that I didn't buy. So I went, and the first thing I picked up was XCOM Enemy Unknown and two DLC packs that it came out with for uh, about $26, which I regretted later. Uh, and this is another topic we can get into because a couple, about a week later, um, it was on a flash sale for 75% off, and I was kicking myself for not being patient. Um, mm. But I also picked up... Uh, the Deus Ex collection, which had Deus Ex Human Revolution, uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution Missing Link, the Game of the Year edition of Deus Ex, uh, and Deus Ex Invisible War. Nice. I also picked up the Max Payne collection, which had Max Payne 1, Max Payne 2, and Max Payne 3. Uh, I also picked up the uh, Sleeping Dogs DLC, Year of the Snake. And uh, Alan just enticed me to uh, pick up Poker Night 2 because it was uh, really cheap and it looks hilarious because it's Telltale Games. 
Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should note that we are in the the final throws of the Steam sale, right? What are we on the the second to last of the there flash are, sales? There are nineteen hours and thirty six minutes remaining. So maybe we have two exactly. more after the current one. Nice. Nice. Which ones, uh, Alad? Did you get any of yours on the flash sales or just on the general sales? You know, it's some sort of uh, it's all a bit of a blur, really. All of the. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm looking at these icons. I can't remember exactly which where where I got them from. They just I just hearing. started clicking buttons and then I blacked out and envisioned money fall, flying out of my bank account. Oh jeez. Yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, like Mike said earlier, I picked up Dark Souls just in the de- general sale because I was like, dang, I missed it on the uh, miss, missed it in the flash sale. Oh, you got it before. afterward, huh? Yeah, I paid fifteen pounds for it and I was okay. like, you know, what? I really want Dark Souls on the PC. I want to try stream it. Uh, I, it costs about that much for the DLC anyway. I'm basically getting it for free. That's how I rationalize it to my <laughs> There's always that rationalization. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of days later, it went back in the flash sale. I think it may have gone in there again since, and it was uh, £10 instead. So oh, God. You just want to your computer with a hammer at that yeah. point <laughs> and hope that it gets to Valve somehow. Speaking of missing out on sales, uh, Eddie, how much did you pay for the Fallout collection? Out of curiosity. Oh, uh, I paid twelve dollars for that instead oh, of the five that I should have been able to. You're going to be really upset because it's eighty-five percent off now for three dollars. No, uh, that's a lie. Yeah, I am not kidding. I'm looking at it right now. Three dollars. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Fallout, you're saying Fallout Two and Fallout Tactics? Oh, oh, that for okay, yeah, the Fallout Collection. No, Fallout yeah, I actually paid. Oops, my mistake. I paid nine ninety-nine for the Fallout Collection. Yeah, it's seven. It's three bucks now. Cool. So basically, every higher profile game I got, I didn't get on the on the flash sale. <laughs> so Fallout Three, I got for for twelve bucks, and then it was it was sold for four ninety nine, and then yeah, Fallout I got for ten, and now it's three, and then System Shock I got for five, and then it went to two forty nine, and I'm not really stressing over it. But um, the one that I did get was Fallout New Vegas. For, for five bucks, the ultimate edition instead of the twelve dollars because I held off um, because I already had that on Xbox and I just kind of felt like it was fine to keep it there. Um, and I got the Alan Wake bundle for three ninety nine and now it's uh, significantly higher. I got it ninety percent off, which is cool because that includes the original game which I thoroughly enjoyed and uh, American Nightmare which I read good things about, but never had the chance to play. So I'm excited to get back into that one. Essentially um, makes the entire yeah. sale a sort of uh, financial game of chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. My, my strategy for the future, though, is going to be whenever I see something in the general sale, just don't buy it until the very last day. And just keep watching to see if anything that I put on my, you know, my watch list goes down into the flash sale and if it doesn't then finally just buy it on the last day at the yeah. regular sale price that was that was my uh state of mind going into it but i i wanted xcom so bad the <laughs> second i saw it on sale i just jumped on it and then i kicked myself and i'm like you fool you broke a rule <laughs> so did you did you start playing xcom then that's actually the only game so far that I that I've picked up that I've gotten a chance to play. I've played about four hours of it so far. I mean, at least you you got to play it, right? That that's a sort of validation because yes. if you <laughs> another validation, if you would have waited, then you wouldn't have had the chance to play it. And I actually I happened to be playing. I got back into Fallout Three uh, since 
buying it for the regular sale price. So I didn't really care, whatever. So how is XCOM? How's that treating you? XCOM is uh, is fun. I've found that I am very stubborn when it comes to my uh, my soldiers. I don't like watching them die. If I ever play a game and I watch one of them die, I get upset and just go back to the main menu and just start the mission all over again, and I save before I go in. Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> Come on, you're ruining the story. The the emergent narrative of your characters dying, that's a whole part of, of your... No, you, you see, for me, my narrative is I'm the author, so when things happen the way I, the author, don't want them to, <laughs> uh, I just change it. <laughs> Okay. See, that's that's exactly how I'm playing Fire Emblem on the 3DS at the moment. My guys died. Like, fuck that. Turn it off. Start it again. <laughs> oh man. My squad is are super soldiers, and I've spent so much money in upgrading them and giving them good gear that I'm not gonna watch them die. They're gonna kill yeah. everything. Yeah, I guess I used to do that, uh, but then I got lazy. I feel like it takes too much time. I'll just let them die and then get you know move on because I want to see it through to the end but no that's valid definitely valid I don't want to say that there's a right or a wrong way to play any game mm-hmm. but I kind of like I view it almost like a, a roguelike you know just let the chips fall where they may yeah I mean I can deal with losing support for from certain countries based on my actions or maybe not building the base properly because those take place gradually over time but when it comes to the actual battles I don't want my my soldiers that I've spent so much time upgrading to die and then having to bring in rookies and being very very super extra careful with them yeah yeah that's fair it might make your your playthrough experience a little bit better yeah speaking of games like that you know i picked up faster than light and i'm kind of excited to get into that because of the way that greg galifa raves about it i really want to see how such a simple presentation translate to such a a compelling uh story have either of you guys played that game I've picked up in the good old game sale, um, mm-hmm. you know, before the Steam sale happened, and uh, I think I've played the tutorial. Mm-hmm. Was it just not know. gripping, or was it something else that pulled you away? Um, it didn't cap. It didn't capture me right from the off. I think it's mostly because, uh, similar to the Steam sale, I've got all these games. I'm just sort of like, yeah, I'll check out this, play it for, for like 20 minutes. Like, I've got mm-hmm. maybe two hours to play games, so I'll, I'll cherry pick here and there, like a like a like a gaming buffet. Right, right, okay. Cool. Try a little bit of everything. So from the Steam sale, though, what have you been focusing on? Uh, Dark Souls. <laughs> quite a, heavily, quite a bit of Dark Souls. Uh, so tell yeah. us about Dark Souls. I've never really heard anything have about you, it. Have you not heard of Dark Souls? <laughs> Even though I've never been one of these podcasts before, Eddie. I, Eddie, uh, you're a liar. <laughs> your, your passion for Dark Souls is well documented. <laughs> <laughs> I even... I don't know what I was doing, but I stopped doing it just so I could watch you play Dark Souls on your live stream a little bit the other day. And then I, <laughs> I had to just turn it off and, and leave. Oh, I was editing a review. That's what I was doing. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, but mostly, da- mostly Dark Souls. Um, I'm not playing it right now, or I haven't played it in the last couple of days because I had to give my uh, Xbox controller for my PC back to a friend, and I haven't even wanted to try and play it without a controller. Oh, yeah, do not, ever. Yeah, yeah, everybody says <laughs> this. It's apparently unplayable. Uh, once I, I've ordered another one, and once that arrives, I will get back to, you know, streaming it to four or five people. Yeah, I think I wrote in my review that it was basically unplayable. 
with mouse and keys. And I mean, I enjoy playing certain games with, with a mouse and keyboard, but uh, that's not one of them at all. That was another deterrent, actually, for me from the sale. Like, if there were games that were really cheap and I wanted to play, I would also, I would think twice about it if I was like, you know, I really feel like I could play this game a lot better if I had a controller in my hand instead of with a mouse and keyboard. Mm. Well, I mean, you could just pick up a USB uh, controller pretty easily, right? I, I use an Xbox one. Don't use Logic on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, how far have you gotten in... Uh... Dark Souls, and have you played it before? Yeah, I played Dark Souls uh, initially on the PlayStation last year. Yeah, towards the end of last year, I finished it, and yeah, it for me it was probably one of my favorite games of this generation so far. Mm. So basically, to get get it with all the DLC um, on the PC, I was like, yes, I will give you my money. Yeah. So what what part are you up to now? Let's see. Um, I just killed the Capra Demon. Oh, yeah. The easiest yeah. boss in the game, according to Eddie and Zotto. Oh, it is not the easiest boss in the game. <laughs> I know. Oh. This is such a point of contention about Dark Souls. Some people say that Capra Demon's, like, the most difficult. Maybe not the most difficult. <laughs> Death, uh, it's, it's not the Capra Demon itself, though. That guy, you fight, you fight him later in the game, don't you? And, you know, they're pushovers, really. Mm-hmm. But the tiny, tiny room, the two dogs, you've got no space... It's all just about uh, nailing the opening seconds of the encounter, getting up, getting up those stairs, killing the dogs, and then, then it's fine. Just actually uh, nailing those first five, ten seconds uh, is what makes it such a difficult, difficult encounter for me. But you did it. I did it, and awesome. just like with pretty much every boss, I felt like a hero. Nice. Nice. So I don't like that. Now I'm heading down to the depths, and that's, a, that's another level in Dark Souls that uh, super fun, super fun. I love, <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's that Blight Town and then, uh, and Sense Fortress, the uh, the one, two, three punch. Yeah, Sense Fortress is is cool. So it's, it's like bright and open, and you know they're just a bunch of machines of death everywhere. But but the depths and uh, and Blight Town are pretty horrible. I hate those basilisks. I, I'd love to talk more about Dark Souls. But I feel like we're veering off. Uh, yeah, we are. Off we topic a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, the only game that I got to play out of my haul so far was uh, Fallout 3, which you know I had played uh, a good amount of earlier, and I was I've just been catching up because I lost my save, so I'm just kind of go. I just got a megaton. I disarmed the bomb. You know, I went went to uh, some of the other towns, <clears throat> but it's been great. I I love the game. Uh, still, as many years later as it is, I think that game came out in 2008 or some, something like that. Um, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah it still good. holds up, and I feel it is equally as engaging, if not more so, than most of the games that I play today, which is wonderful. So I could just sit and chill. And I've also been learning, like, you know, a lot of people think of Fallout and those kinds of games as, as sort of a, a more hardcore, you know, in-depth game experience. But I'm noticing that it's a really easy, you know, pick up and play in a little bit, you know, small chunk and then stop and then go and and all that, that sort of a game. Uh, So it's a lot more accessible that way than I ever envisioned it because of the ease of saving anywhere in in the world and uh, at any point. So it's it's been really good because I've been kind of busy and just 
It's been fun. Really digging it. And I'm noticing new things about the game, too. Like, new things about the, the perks and, and about the weapons and, and such. So it's been a lot of fun. Have you guys played Fallout 3? Yeah, I played Fallout 3 when it, around when it came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, squeezed most of the stuff out of that game. And I enjoyed it. I think I just didn't quite enjoy it as much as Oblivion. Mm. I yeah. think basically... Basically, that's just because I'm I'm childish inside, and I love all the pretty colors in Oblivion: the green, the the snow level, right? The the bay level, and then Fallout's a little more monotone. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember that transition for myself because I was a heavy Oblivion player, like 120, 130 hours worth, and uh, then I got to Fallout, and I I could understand in my mind that it was a, you know, an equally as as enveloping world and you know there was a lot to it with the item the inventory all that stuff everything in your your pit boy and everything but um it, it was hard to get into that world the same way like, it's really just it comes down to genre it's like you're playing a fan uh, like a medieval fantasy and then you're kind of playing what i would it's post-apocalyptic but it almost feels like a western you know the yeah. way that you travel around that sort of rugged empty world so it's real for me it's about you just shifting my mindset i've just got steam open now and just just eyeing fallout new vegas ultimate edition in the flash sale do it we were speaking do it uh right now right That's now also, this is also the point <laughs> of this podcast is because the steam sale is still on as we talk to each other now we can influence each other you know be bad influences to go and spend more money on games yeah so i have developers I haven't liked this because you guys have been his talk. All this Bethesda stop, talk has been got me staring down the Fallout stuff and all the Skyrim DLC. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I wish that Oblivion would go on sale, or is it on sale? It might be if you search for it. It might not be featured, but it might be on sale. It's pretty old, right? Yeah, but I also I've picked up like the original DSX, Deus Ex games and System Shock too. There are some old games that are on there. Hmm. Elder Scrolls 4 is still at the 12 and $15 marks. No no special big deals. No. Might still be worth it. Hmm. <laughs> um, uh, tried some Civ 5 today. Oh, yeah? How's some that? Version 5. Uh, yeah, it was cool. I uh, did some tutorial, and I was like, yeah, I'm ready to take on the world. I'm ready to build a civilization. Mm -hmm. And I think I was the Ottoman Empire. Okay. I spawned, okay. spawned right. I spawned not right next to Germany, and you know, from the off, we weren't getting along. Mm -hmm. They must die. They they <laughs> must die. But unfor unfortunately, they teamed up with both China and Russia. Oh, that's horrible. And I had I think I uh, diplomacy. Yeah, <laughs> I think I gained a little bit of sway with Budapest. Uh huh. And they weren't even a they weren't even like a big player. They were just sort of like a city state. Like they right. gave me one unit, maybe in the sixty turns I played of that game. Okay. Uh, I think I sort of uh, started losing interest a little bit, declared war on Germany, and then, yeah, it didn't end well. One of my favorite parts of playing Civilization is when, more often than not, the first country you interact with almost has like a rival-type um, antagonistic view of you. And it's just hilarious um, to build up your military and have them continuously threaten you. And you look at all their all their stuff because you have an open because you'll have like open trade agreements or open borders, and you'll see that they have nothing. <laughs> so they decide to like you know declare war on you. You start decimating them, 
and then they have like one city left. Like, okay, peace treaty, peace treaty. That is never how the, that type of game plays out for me. It's usually that plays out for me a lot. It's usually I'm playing, and then all of a sudden the other nations are way more powerful than me, just for no reason. When I play, I'm the I am that antagonist. Oh, but are you weak? Uh, yeah, because I'm not entirely sure what I'm doing most of the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mike's Mike's a, a veteran, right? You've played a lot of the Civ games? Yeah. I played uh, Civ 4 for a couple years, mm-hmm. and I and I try not to play Civilization 5 that much because of the fact that when I do, the entire day goes away. Mm. Um, but, yeah, my, my typical strategy is just to um, build up a strong military presence um and just continually upgrade them with advancements in technology while i try to obtain a a diplomatic win in the end but i know that a military is a very good thing to have in civilization um especially when your neighbors decide to just out of the blue be complete dicks and declare war on you or stop trade or whatever so it allows me to just go in and just straight up invade and destroy (laughs) um any neighboring civilizations one of my favorite things to do is just when they're not being very nice to me i'll just declare war raise one of their cities to the ground and as an example and then just make peace with them and see how long they uh see whether or not they learn their lesson you are brutal <laughs> you're just <laughs> brutal that's a great idea make <laughs> examples out of them oh man Oh, what's what's that, Greece? You don't like the fact that um that I'm expanding towards your borders? Well, guess what? Sparta's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. I'm I'm actually excited for you to play Max Payne games. What what were the games that are included? Is it all three? All three of them. Yeah, I was a big fan of all of them. Uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, especially I three lately. I definitely would have jumped in and started playing Max Payne 3 before this podcast it wasn't the fact that it's been downloading and installing for like the past five hours for me. Oh, geez. And yeah. you've, you've not played any of them? Um, I've played, I played Max Payne. I don't think I ever beat Max Payne, but I played Max Payne and loved Max Payne. And then um, when Max Payne 2 came out, you know, I was too young to have a job or, you know, to have my own income and I never got it as a gift or a present and I never got when got around to renting it so right I never got to play the second one but I did play and love the first one yeah the second one didn't strike me as much as the first one I guess because the first one was kind of its own thing at that time right so it was it was very notable and and really cool I mean it invented bullet time essentially yep. right so that was a big deal the second one was kind of like more of the same still good but uh it wasn't as imperative that I that I experienced that, and then the third one kind of just took it uh, in a little bit of a different direction that I thought was awesome. Um, Alan, did you play the Max Payne games? Uh, I played the first one uh, around when it came out, uh, mm-hmm. probably at an age when I uh, wasn't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I loved the Bullet Time. Uh, it scared me. <laughs> I remember. I, remember uh, I think maybe like third or fourth level. Uh, you're going after some dude in a uh, butcher's place is all sort of messages on the wall. Yeah. Cultist. Vaguely cultist. Yeah, it was yeah. very dark. <laughs> yeah. Was... That was definitely a thing about it. And that was 2001. So yeah. how old were you in 2001? 2001, I would have been 11. No, I couldn't have played it then. I probably played it when I was about 14. Okay. That sounds about right. Maybe not when it came out. Yeah, I recently uh, downloaded it on the from the PlayStation Store and, and had a 
had to screw around in it for an hour, and uh, yeah, it was good. Graphically, it has not aged well. It looked like somebody uh, replaced Max Payne's face with a piece of cardboard and yeah, all, all crooked and jag, like just funky looking. Yeah, it kind of uh, enhances the weird fucked up occultist vibe to the game, though. Yeah, I guess so. That weird uncanny valley feel. I love the the uh, what is that called? Like the comic book um, cutscenes, I guess you can call them. Yeah, that film noir narration. Yeah, very very cool. And then had like the mm-hmm. freaky like in Max's head levels where you're like running along a, a thin wire through his thoughts, essentially through his memories. Very cool. And I love the way that it, it broke the fourth wall and everything, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else? Did you play any of your other games? Uh, uh, let's see. Looking at my, yes. I haven't, uh, I played 30 flights of loving. I completed 30 flights of loving. Yeah, talk about messed up, right? Yeah, because uh, I played Gravity Bone uh, last year, and here they were doing sort of like a, a sequel. And yeah, I think I sort of understood Gravity Bone. Thirty Flights of Loving, though. Um, I played it really late at night, and yeah, went to bed straight after. Sort of spaced me out. Yeah, see, I, I'm. I usually feel like I get the games that I play, and I, I just, I didn't really get Thirty Flights of Loving. It was quite the head fuck. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go back through it two, three, maybe, times just to uh, try and figure out what the hell's going on there. Mm. Uh, in addition to that, uh played so- uh, Sonic Generations. I had a friend up from uh, from home, and a year or two ago, we had a uh, bit of a bet going, who can get the most high scores in Sonic Generation levels? And there are only, what, uh, 18 levels in that game? Uh, classic and modern versions and we ended up doing it for like two or three months just like hardcore trying like looking up on youtube how to do the best times in these levels like restarting sitting there sitting there for three hours at a time just trying to get the one good score on this (laughs) minute and a half level that is old school gaming that's that's what gaming was for many many years to me squeezing every second out of it Awesome. So I think there's only one game that two of us bought. Uh, Mike and I got System Shock 2, which I I think is a good game to get if you haven't played it, right? That's a game that we should have played. I'm curious to know if Alad's played it. I have not played it, no. Being a a PC noob, uh, only getting one in the last year, really, I have not played System Shock 2. Mm -hmm. How much is that going for at the moment? £3.49. It would be rude not to. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cheap. I, I gotta You're say, rude. one thing, one strategy that I've realized that I've taken with the uh, the Steam Summer Sale, both last year and this year, is I've definitely looked for games that I considered old school that either held like a special place in like my heart from games that I played when I was young, or games that were considered uh, classics. Yeah. Uh, back when they were first released, and I feel like you know, as a as a game journalist and as a game lover, I should. If these games are going to be sold for like two or three dollars a piece, I should pick them up and play them. Yeah, and System Shock Two definitely is historically significant. Yeah, Folk as show. was as was Deus Ex, and I also yeah. picked up um, last year. I picked up the entire uh, Half Life collection, which excluded 
Half-Life 2 Episode 2, which was finally on sale this year, so I picked that up. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, Deus Ex, uh, those games have been on sale a lot uh, over the course of the last year. Um, I bought some Deus Ex games, I don't know when, but re- sort of recently. Maybe maybe it was as long ago as last summer and time has just flown, but yeah, I would have gotten them this summer if I didn't already get them on another sale. And I still haven't played the original Deus Ex either, which kind of goes right along with System Shock 2. I felt like those two games kind of emerged around the same era of gaming and they need to be played i did play uh human revolution a little bit though um because i already had that on xbox and i haven't been as enamored with it as uh, so many other people have did you play human revolution alad you know Deus Ex human revolution in my mind it's a game that i know was good and a game that i know i enjoyed but i cannot remember i can remember very little about it actually playing it you know that that's kind of how i felt as i was playing it i felt like well i can tell that this is well designed you know there there are good things about it but it i'm not connecting at all with it so i kind of just stopped and i pick i played fallout 3 i'm like right in the middle of human revolution i was like eh, i don't really need to finish i'm gonna play fallout 3 i get what it is so i'm um, good mm-hmm. thanks <laughs> <laughs> One that I'm really excited about is To the Moon, because it's not really like a game in the in the normal sense. And I played the demo, which was just a, a real short introduction that, that got me very interested to continue. And I actually played it right before I bought it on Steam. Uh, are you guys familiar with To the Moon? Yes. Yeah, did, you, did you play through it? Yeah, I got it in the good old game sale. Um, oh, nice. Tell me about it without telling me about it. Tell um, everyone about it. it. It is basically moving piano music. The game. <laughs> it yeah, you know, it's it's so lovely. It's that great retro pixel art. The music's great. Uh, it's quirky. The, the humor's quite pretty nice. Am and, I gonna cry? Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah. Will well, I laugh? It's t- yes. You'll cry. You'll laugh. It's, <laughs> defin- it's definitely touching. I would okay. definitely describe it as touching. Nice, and that one was three dollars for me, so it's definitely good worth it. Pick up. Um, so what else? So there's this new thing that is, uh, I guess they came out just before the Steam sale. Are the cards trading card? What are they actually called? They're the uh, um, uh, they're trading cards, pretty Steam much trading. for the uh, for the like uh, Steam uh, postcards. Which are are badges they're calling. I think some are getaway badges, which I think are basically postcards of images of like people pretending that they're on vacation and like these scenes from uh, from games that are notable on the Steam sale, such as like Bioshock Infinite and Skyrim and um, and Tomb Raider and stuff like that. And ba- basically, I think people can collect. 10 badges or a certain number of badges or whatever and they combine them together and they can make the uh make the postcard somehow i'm not entirely 100 percent sure on the on the process of that but that you can also trade cards if you need certain cards uh, you can trade it with friends or you can sell them on the community market and yeah it's basically you i think you can even buy the trading cards if you really wanted to um on the steam sale like separately not 100 percent right. sure on that but it's pretty much just for an aesthetic there's really nothing like you don't really get like any extra bonus game content or anything it's just to have this cool little like thing that symbolizes like the steam summer sale 
Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I got these cards, and I just like I have no idea what they're for. They have weird people on them, like strange partial face faces. So I get they're essentially like when you used to buy, say, like Marvel cards, and then nine of them would form a picture in one of your collectible card flip book things. And is that is that what we're talking about? Yeah, from my <laughs> understanding, that's pretty much it. Oh, okay. uh, I'll be my understanding isn't. Uh, isn't all that good of these things. And like, we can sell these, right? Yeah, I've uh, put two of mine on sale for 40 pence each. I think most of them are going for about 10 pence. That may change with uh, with currency for you guys. Nice. Nice. And where if you're looking for them, where do you where do you go find them? In... Uh, they're in your Steam inventory. Okay. I mean if you're looking to buy some, you go to the community market. Oh, um, I don't know. I am still a new at Steam. I'm basically still uh, working out the whole user interface for it. This is another thing about the Steam sale. You guys got me talking about Civilization Five, and now I'm staring down a daily deal for the Civilization Five Gold Edition. Buy it. Just do it, it. It includes the game that I already have, but it includes all of the DLC and the Gods and Kings expansion, and it's all only like twelve fifty. Yeah, that's the thing that I think Steam needs to somehow address is um, buying games that, you know, buying a bundle that maybe you already have one game for, you should be able to shove that one game into your inventory, you know, that you can then trade away. Because when you buy a game and it's actually in your library, it's yours forever. You can never give it away, which I also think you should be able to do. Um, But, you know, in such a case... When you buy a bundle that includes a game that you already have, does it just disappear? Because you can always buy a game as a like a gift, but hold on to it and not give it away. Yeah. So any any gift that you buy or are gifted, you can keep in your inventory before you kind of like activate it into your library. So that would be one way to at least get some value out of it. Like I know Dan Crabtree has a copy of the original Bioshock sitting in his Steam inventory, and if I had something good, I'd be like, "Hey, let's trade," you know, that sort of thing. I well, don't know. Steam. <laughs> digital distribution, like being more popular and stuff. I assume uh, some of these digital platforms are maybe going to be uh, exploring that in the future. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, something to that effect. So I think a, a cool thing to do, since we are in the last few minutes and we are bad influences on each other, is let's, uh, I want to know what games you guys think that I should pick up, and I'll give you my suggestions. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I'm going to go with, I didn't pick it up in the Steam sale myself. Uh, once again, I picked it up in the good old game sale. Uh, before that, I'm going to go with Hotline Miami. Oh, very cool. I actually just got Hotline Miami from Dan. And I haven't played it yet, but that I'm excited to do it. It is 50% off at the moment, so, you know, now's a good time. And what, uh, so tell us a little bit about Hotline Miami for anyone who's listening. Um, well after the sale when this podcast actually comes out. <laughs> I kind of like to describe it as uh, top-down Grand Theft Auto by way of Super Meat Boy. In the way it's top-down okay. Grand Theft Auto, you've got that violence, you've got that perspective, but it's Super Meat Boy in the 
you know, you tap one button to restart, it's really punishing. Not punishing, <laughs> it's really, it's, yeah, it's really difficult. Uh, it demands a lot of you, but it makes it ever so easy to just keep giving it. Yeah, and absolutely incredible music. Oh, yes. Very cool. Okay. So the whole aesthetic, just the whole graphics, the uh, the 80s neon hot purple. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So settles you into a trance. They're already yeah. uh, getting ready with their sequel. Yeah, Hollow Miami 2. That's, uh, that'll be a thing. <laughs> so what do you think, Mike? What's a, what's a good game for the other, for me and Alad to pick up? Um, well, I didn't pick it up this year, uh, but that's because I picked it up last year at my first Steam sale. Um, I, as people know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and one of my favorite Star Wars games that I've ever played um, happens to be in a big old pack for the entire series, and that's the uh, Jedi Knight uh, series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they normally, every summer sale, they did it last year, they did it again this year, uh, they package all the Star Wars Jedi Knight games, which includes uh, Dark Forces, Dark Forces 2, uh, Mysteries of the Sith, Jedi Outcast, which was my favorite, and Jedi Academy. And it all basically fi- uh, follows the story of Kyle Katarn. Uh, he was the spy who acquired the original Death Star plans in order to allow the Rebel Alliance in the first movie, A New Hope, to blow up the Death Star. And aside from just the story, it's also probably uh, one of the best um, in terms of combat uh, Star Wars games will come across, aside from possibly uh, Knights of the Republic and the Battlefront games. Uh, It's definitely my favorite game in terms of uh, swinging a lightsaber around and killing people. Um, The lightsaber combat was so good that when I played Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy... Um, there were clans that were dedicated to mastering the three different styles that you could use and mixing them in and do uh, and doing one-on-one duels with people. And there were tournaments and competitions and people on, on the community would brag about how good they were at wielding a lightsaber and fighting other people with lightsabers. So it, it's, it's definitely one of the more successful Star Wars franchises, and I'm prank that it gets revived with LucasArts shuttering and the games getting distributed to EA. Um, yeah. And if you guys, you know, want to know your Star Wars games history before more of these games come out and, you know, maybe see a little bit about um, what happens after the movies uh, before the movies rewrite all that, the new movies rewrite all that, I definitely would recommend that you guys check that series out. Very cool. So, yeah, the Jedi Knight collection looks like it's $13.39, and that's for four separate games, basically? Or five? Five. Five of them, wow. Um, and that's sort of like, that ties right in with my uh, recommendation. If you guys, I know, Mike, you've played them, but I don't know if Alad's played them. I hope so. But uh, to anyone who hasn't, the Walking Dead games are on yeah. sale right now. Um, well, not anymore by the time the, the podcast comes out, but they're $6.24. That would have been a good one for you to get. Um, all five episodes, $6.24. Super emotional ride. Who knows, Ep- during next year's Steam sale, after Season 2 is all over, maybe they'll bundle Season 2 together. And There you go. I'm sure they'll be on sale next summer. So keep that in mind. Alad, did you play the series? The Walking Dead yeah. series? Yeah, I played them all as they came out. I played, okay, them, with good. A, <clears throat> I played them with a group of uh, another two people, and it was kind of kind of cool because we were just debating sort of the decisions amongst ourselves it was uh, yeah. a different way to play it 
That's cool. I wish Mike and I spoke more while we were playing, but we kind of didn't. Because <laughs> we were both running through as they came out, sort of alternately reviewing the episodes. Yeah. Right? What, what did you review? Four of them? And I reviewed one? I think or did I you reviewed, reviewed three and I reviewed one, two? I think I did one, two, four, and five, and I think you reviewed, I reviewed three. three. Yeah, you did Long Road Ahead, which was, I think, the best one. <laughs> the most depressing, but best one. Yeah intense a lot of intensity in that series um which is uh what something i could say about the steam sale in general a lot of intensity going on out there i'll be sort of happy sort of sad when it's all over but i'll look forward to it next year um and that's that's really about it just a just a quickie this time glad to talk about some games that we got it's been fun you know starting to build up a library get excited to play thank you guys as for you listeners, uh, be sure to give us a rating and a review, and uh, check out GamerNode for when we when we do review all our games and all our news that comes out all the time, podcasts, features, everything like that. Check out GamerNode.com, live streams, absolutely. Um, we're on Twitter also at GamerNode. Um, I'm on Twitter at Eddie and Zotto, and these guys, Mike. Tell us something. Where where are we looking for you? Um, you can find my Twitter at underscore Murfo underscore. That's where I'm at. And um, you can find my Twitter at uh, T L O Z O T. Stands for the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So that's how you remember the that. The way you'll ever remember that. <laughs> the only way. No, basically you're you're just T L O Zoot. Yeah. T L O Zoot. T L O Zoot. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So. That's where we all are, and we will definitely be back soon with more Versus Node. We're planning, from this podcast on, I'm going to launch into a full series up through the release of the next-gen consoles, where we basically recap this lengthiest of all gaming generations with superlatives galore. Um, We're going to look at some of the most overrated, some of the most underrated, some of the best, some of the worst, um, different themes we've seen throughout this generation, everything leading into the next generation of consoles. And that's going to be pretty regular from here on to the end of the year, essentially. Um, it's good to have a plan. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Our wallets have survived, but who knows about next year. <laughs> Thank you.